Well, happy new year to you all. Excited that you can make it. Hope Christmas and New Year's was incredible. And uh, last week, uh, we had the week off. So appreciate all the volunteers that serve so faithfully. Give them a week off, the staff a week off. And here we are, we're back. And excited to jump into a new series and talk about what we're for. And really, not just a series, but a year when we're focusing in on what are we for? I don't know if you've felt this over the course of the, the last year or even longer, but you hear a lot about what people are against or what they want to tear down or persecute or who they're after or what's going on. And, uh, but what if we could have clarity on what God has challenged us to be for in this world, the people that we're for in this world, how we're for the community and for life and life to the full. And what if the people who have a relationship with Jesus could be that stability? People are just looking for, man, what is, like, what is true north in the world around me? What is secure? If I'm having a hard time... Who can I reach out to and grab a hold of that would be stable in my world around me? That should be you. And so we can't wait to unpack so much that God communicates he's for in Scripture this year. And no better way to really than to jump in and, and just say God is, is for you. And uh, we'll look at that today. But the imagery and the graphic is very intentional. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a packed bus where there's no seats or on any form of transit, but when the brakes hit or some, you turn a corner, you reach out for something to grab a hold of. And ultimately, God has put you in people's lives so that you can be the one that, that they can grab a hold of because you communicate on a consistent basis that you're for people. You communicate on a consistent basis that that you stand for love and you stand for serving others. And, and, and in the people who are constantly telling people what they're against and, and ridiculing people when they're down, you don't reach out for them. When times are tough, when something's going really good or really bad, they're not the ones you, you reach out to, to get a hand from. But yet, we can shape our life to where we are the one that's four people in the room, and they'll reach out for us, and we can extend our hand to help. I don't know what 2017 looked like for you. Maybe it was one of those years that just kicked you in the teeth, and you're going, whew, I am glad that year's done. Maybe it was a great year. Uh, it could have been one of the best years of your life. But either way, it's good to know, no matter how it turned out, like it's a new season, that it's a new year, and that God is for us, right? It's good to hear that. It's good to kind of be able to grab God is for you. And if you did have a rougher year and you just need that word of affirmation over and over and over again that God is for you, God is for you, God is for you. And maybe I would call today's talk more of like a uh, Sunday school on steroids day. Um, so it's like it, we're going to look at scripture over and over and over again because I want you to walk out today with really knowing that God is for you. Like, seriously. If you looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like, yeah, whew, not me today. You know, No, realize God wants you. He brought you here for, you made it here for a reason. He's for you. Your past is your past. 
and a new year is on us. And you have an opportunity to pursue life and, and make the most of it. Romans 8.31, Ed uh, prayed this passage just a second ago, not even knowing the talk today, which is kind of funny. Uh, but it says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Romans 8.31, great passage to have in the mind. Memorize it. Be able to repeat it. Hey, if God is for us, who can be against? If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for you, who can be against you? Your kids might seem they're against you. God is for you. Not that that ever happens in our world. Our kids are perfect. Right, kids? Anyway, moving on. I'm not, you know, not going to embarrass anybody. Your boss might be against you. God is for you. You might have gone to work this new year going, Ugh, here we go. You no, know God is for you. Your neighbor, might, it might seem like your neighbor is against you. God is for you. It doesn't matter what they've done. Just know, hey, the, I've got a bigger picture. God is for me. Maybe this, I'll let you into my world. The scale might be against you. Why does gravity work so well in our bathroom where the scale is located? It has to be something. Something's off, right? God is for you even if that scale is against you. Natural disasters. To me, I look back at 2017 and I think, it just seemed like there's an inordinate amount of natural disasters in the world. And I go, with all that, and you could just be worried about the, the, the things, and you're going, but you know what? God is for God is for us. He's going to turn this for good. And it continues in Roman 8, in verse 35, it says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry? or are destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing, let me repeat that word, because that's all-inclusive, uh, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. How important is it to know God is for you. God loves you. Over and over again, it's very clear there. Things might seem against you, but nope. Not even the website can take you down. Nope. Not even the word you screamed at the TV when Blair Walsh misses another field goal. That word can't take you down. In my house, it was, I knew it. <laughs> we called that one. Anyway, uh, crazy. There's some great memes out there <laughs> about the 
Missing to the left or the right, just not down the middle. Uh, so, nope, not even one thing can separate you from God. We all have our, our stuff, our stumbling blocks, the things that are in us that, that rear up. Maybe it's our attitude, maybe it's our words, maybe it's the things we're thinking about, the things we're letting into our life. We make mistakes because we're human, but that can't even separate you from God's love. He gets that. That's why he sent Jesus to us. I don't know if you've seen any good movies over the break, but in our home, we've been probably a little infatuated, a little excessively excited about The Greatest Showman. Anybody see that uh, movie? If you're a musical type person, you'll love it. Even if you're not, I think you would enjoy it. The story of P.T. Barnum. The circus and how it all came about, and um, and it was really, really, really a powerful movie. I'm a crier anyway during movies, but this one got me. I was just like, oh, no, oh, no, you know. And, but it's it has this theme. Spoiler alert! No, not really a spoiler because I know some of you are going to see it. Um, but just it's about a dream. It's about having a dream and making it come true, and. Um, this song has these lyrics in it. It says, every night I lie in bed, the bright colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me awake. I think of what the world could be, a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the world we're going to make. What are you dreaming about for 2018? P.D. Barnum saw when he was a little child a circus. And... He pursued that. And I look at, what are we pursuing? Are, do we have a target? Are we shooting for something this year? And if so, are we, are we going after something that's not just an idea, but a God-sized idea? What dreams have we allowed God to put in our spirit? Because he's dreaming about those he's for in our community, and the way he's going to touch their lives through you. You're the one that has a relationship with people that are at your job, in your commute, where you shop. You're the ones that carry that spirit of for you out into community. What, it, what would you dream about if you knew it would happen? If you knew that you weren't going to fail? Don't we all fear failure and so we aim a little lower, right? But what would you shoot for if you knew that it couldn't fail? What dream would you allow to come alive within you? That you would allow to keep you awake at night? What if I said <laughs> the President of the United States of America called you and said, the full support of the United States of America is behind your dream. Dream big. Dream huge, right? Isn't that kind of how it would come across? Anyway, um, this call never happened. Click. I don't know. That might be how it ended. Uh, I'm not recording this. It's going to be huge. So you're dreaming, and I'm mocking, but how could you not? Uh, so the, but the president calls you and says, man, you have all the support in the world. Dream big. The most powerful force in all the world, the most powerful country in all the world is behind you 100%. Go for it. Well, the reality is we have something bigger. The God who created the whole world 
God Almighty, our Creator, over all governing rule, over all authority, as we just read, over the heavens and the earth, is for you. Like his Holy Spirit is with you, is in you as followers of Jesus. You can do anything you put your mind to. He can do more than you can pray or imagine. So why don't we start to dream a little, right, for 2018? And that's how we land at a, a visual like this in a series like this that we go, no matter our past, no matter our upbringing, no matter our baggage, the reality is nothing is impossible for you. And what if we pursue a year where we realize it's our responsibility to be those that are for people, that are for marriages, that are for family, that are for loving others, that are for serving I think it could be a very strong impact in the world around us if we focus in on what we're for versus put on signs what we're against and pick it. So where do we start? That's how we got to today's talk, to this first series. God is for you. How can we not start there, right? How can we say we're for marriage without first saying, oh, wait, wait, back up. we got to read these passages and understand just how much God is for you. He's, he, it's not that he was for you. It's not that he might be for you. It's not that he will be for you if. No, he's for you. He's absolutely for you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Our big idea for today's talk is God loves you. You have to start there. He loves you so much that he's for you, right? John 3, 16 and 17 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. This is a for you moment. Otherwise, he would have sent Jesus into the world because he was ticked at the world. And Jesus would have taken out all the people he was against. That's not what happened. Jesus came and laid his life down for all the people who were against God. It's exactly the opposite. True acts of love. God knew your circumstances. God knew your temptations. God knows your disappointments. God knows your doubts, your trials. And he understands what's coming. He can see ahead and see behind. And he wants you to embrace the hope that he had when he sent his son for you. Isaiah 54, this prophet communicates this. He says, for the mountain, in verse 10, <coughs> for the mountain may move and the hills disappear. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Okay? So things have not worked out here for whoever this is being written to, whoever needs to receive this. Okay, mountains have fallen. Uh, mudslide took out your house. And... It's not looking as good, like things disappeared that were once there. You know, 
January 1st, we backed out of our friend's driveway after celebrating New Year's in Camas in this faithful, wonderful piece of machinery we call a minivan that we've been driving since Jocelyn and Jenna were born. So it's 2002, it's a little old, knocking on 200,000 miles. And reverse worked great, got out on the road, clicked it into drive. I think we're supposed to move when that happens, right? Like, did anybody else feel us moving forward? We were still going backwards. So then I was like, well, what should I do here? Hit the gas again, right? Fool me once, hit the gas. We did not move again. So, you know, needless to say, we've been having like the, we've got, we're in the car stage of about a car payment's worth of cost is flashing at us every month and we're in denial. We're like, this is going to last. We, we want this to be our children's first car. That'd just be a blessing to pass us down so they could drive into high school in the minivan. Meep, meep. You know? Uh, but I don't know that it's going to live much longer. So anyway, we finally got it to move ahead. It's just kind of interesting. You can make it go in between neutral and drive by just like tapping the little bar. I don't think that's supposed to happen. Could be dangerous, but we're driving safe. Even though it might seem like that's just material, it's just something insignificant. That's expensive. I hate buying cars. And you look at something like that and you go, God, we've been faithful. How could this happen? How could the hey, just because your car doesn't work doesn't mean I don't love you. My love remains. Just because it was a tough first week of, uh, of high school doesn't mean that if you're in charge of that high school that his love doesn't remain for you. Just because you might be going in for a very serious surgery tomorrow doesn't mean that God's love is not for you. You're in his mind. You are on the mind of God, and his love is just reaching out to you today because he's for you. His love remains no matter what circumstances you face. It goes on. Isaiah is filled with passages like this. Isaiah 43, verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression... You'll not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Saba in your place. These names, these places. Uh, others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You're honored. And I love you. Wow. Thank you, God. And he's talking to you. Every one of us. No matter your background. What's trying to convince you otherwise? What voice is in your head trying to say, I get it. I get what he's saying and what he's reading, but really? Me? Yes. You. Absolutely. What's trying to lead you down a road of hopelessness for the future? Don't listen to that voice. God put these voices, these words 
in his scripture so that they'll scream to you how much he's for you. And it steers us. It impacts us. We're led to be about those who are about us and support us and love us. God loves you. He put this series in theme for you together, this year's theme for you, months ago because he's for you. It's kind of interesting to think. You go trying to make it on your own again this year? No, don't do it. Lean in on God. Lean in on his hope for you. Don't try to grow with God at the distance. Don't pursue life with emptiness and frustration. Allow God to impact your life. He loves you and he's, he's pursuing you. So a couple thoughts here for you to start your new year. The first is, you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. Isaiah 49 says, never can another, or never can another. Verse 15 says, never can a mother, let me get that right, forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I've written your name on the palms of my hand. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. See, God loved his people in Jerusalem in that passage. Translate that forward. Jesus comes, gives his life for you and me on a cross, resurrects from the dead three days later to communicate the same thing for all people, for you. Your name is written on his hand. He cannot forget you the same as a mother cannot forget her child. And maybe you're going, man, 2017 looked like God forgot me. Like, check the script. Where was he? It's okay to ask that. Seriously, it's okay to wrestle with those doubts. That's not against the rules. Even Jesus, before he was crucified, said, God, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Like right before he was going to save the world. Natural. Not a sin. Life happens. Bad things happen to good people. But as we first read in Romans 8, none of that's going to separate you from God's love. He's going to work that little deal, whatever it is in your circumstance, for good. And he's going to shock you. He's going to shock you. Maybe this, will, this is like... Maybe God will awaken you, right? It's like, wow, God, you're blowing my mind here. Second thought, God will never fail you. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says it this way. Don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Wow. Back to that dream, right? Is it becoming vivid yet? Like if you dreamed a dream that was just vivid in color and that you're pursuing, that if you knew you couldn't fail, you would do. Like there's no fear here. Rekindle that fire if you've let that dream die. It's not too late. 
be inspired again by God right here. I love this passage of fear because there's a story about my great-grandfather Thaddeus, who I'm named after, who started seven Nazarene churches in the state of Washington. And uh, he, I, I hear this story uh, that he collected guns, but he didn't collect them by buying them in stores. He collected them from those who held him up. He had this habit of picking up hitchhikers. And he would pick up the hitchhikers, and often they would try to rob him. And he would just start quoting scriptures like this, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What can mere man do to me? And they would just look at him. I, I wish I could have a GoPro in that car, right? And just see the shock in their face. He would talk them down. He would take their gun from them and lead them to Jesus. And the trophy would be the gun. Isn't that crazy? I wish I had, like, just some of those. I have his sermon notes, but I don't have any of the guns today, right? Um, but I just look at that and go, uh, what an incredible heritage. What incredible boldness. What crazy actions, right? But that's what this passage is saying. It's like, the Lord is your helper. Have no fear. What can mere people do to you? Don't let people get in the way of your dream. Don't let the people that are voicing maybe their doubt towards your dream or their doubt towards your future, what you have on your list for this year, don't listen to the discouraging words. This can be your year. This can be your future. What a great word from God to encourage our spirits. Who would you... Invite to follow Jesus if you knew they wouldn't say no. What neighbor would you start to conversate with about life to the full through Jesus if you knew that they wouldn't go, church, what? You know? Maybe that's who we get to pray for. Maybe that's like our vision. That we could love people unconditionally around us. That we could be for that neighbor. Thought three. He gave his life for you. Like, I don't think of any more for you action than that. That's no greater love than this that somebody would lay down their life, right? God sent his son to communicate that he is the most for you of anybody in the entire world has been for you. It says it this way in Romans 5, 6. When we were utterly helpless... <coughs> In other words, normal, right? When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. 
Like that's how much. He doesn't want us to get perfect so that we can hang out with him. He sent his son because we couldn't make ourselves perfect. He sent his son so that we could be perfected through love, through him being for us. That's what we're walking in to this year with. I checked all the boxes off. I checked all those boxes off of the commandments saying, I did that one, I broke that one, I wronged that one. I am, as it said there, the worst of sinners, right? I thought when I was 21, there's no way I could ever return to God. But reality is, God showed that didn't matter. And somehow I let this same kind of an encouraging word seep through my hard heart and my hard head. And I got it eventually in June of 1993. And I said yes to Jesus. I said, okay, I'll choose to follow you today. And it changed my world. There's no way. If anybody doesn't deserve God's love, I'll raise my hand and say that would have been me. But the reality is, I'm still not perfect. I, although, you know, maybe my wife and kids think I am. I just, you know, in case, just maybe. Okay, anyway. Uh, no, seriously, not perfect. Still have sin habits. Have just strengthened my ability to ask for forgiveness. Is that a good way? You know, if I'm looking inside the circle and working on me, I have a lot to work on to be a better husband to be a better father, to be a better leader in my home, to be a better leader in the church, to be a better uh, boss, to be a better pastor to this church, to the community. I mean, there's just constant work we can do. But guess what? God still loves us, even when we mess it up, even when we say the wrong words. He gave his life for us to be able to live beyond those errors of our past because he's for us. So we're able to embrace the love of Jesus and watch the past get washed away. Absolutely gone. So what we're doing today, instead of an action point, is we're just going to ask this final question. What's your next step in responding to God's love? We have one today, like a next step today. We're going to receive communion in a second. I'll explain what that is. But what's your next step? To responding to God's love. Maybe today is the day you're going to realize I need to embrace this love first because I've doubted that God loved me still. So maybe today you're going to say, Jesus, I'll choose to follow you. Maybe for you, you're sensing, well, man, I've known this, but I really haven't done anything with it. I need to be this love. This is what I need to do with the love of God and start to express what I'm for more than what I'm against. Maybe it's loving people for God like you are for them. I'm praying that for all of us. We could be that force in the world around us. In 2018, I want us to start, I couldn't think of a better way to start at church than to just remind ourselves of this covenant we have with God. What's a covenant? Well, all throughout the scripture, you'll read about different covenants, but a covenant is an agreement with God. It's like this moment where we embrace God and he grabs a hold of us and, 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 
and we initiate this agreement with one another that will last for all times. And they used to, in the Old Testament, do a covenant with like sacrifices and things, but then Jesus became that sacrifice. Jesus became that perfect lamb, it says in scripture, that sacrificed his life for us. And, and right before he did, he, he did this thing with some bread and some wine. And he told us to, to remember what he was going to do through it. His disciples wrote it this way in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces. And listen to what he said here. This is important. This is my body, which is given for you. Not someone else. Not the person who grew up in church and so they deserve it. Not the person who has the lineage of Christianity, so okay, they deserve Jesus. No. You. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a cup of wine and after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So let's start the year saying, okay, God, I get it. You love me. And do that by celebrating in the same way with some bread. We have some pieces of bread. We have some grape juice. It's not the actual blood of Jesus, nor is it wine. So it's, it's good for everybody. And uh, you take the piece of bread, you dip it in the juice that they're going to pour in the cup in just a second. And then you eat it and go back to your seat. Why do we do it that way? Well, it's communion. It's what he was, they were referring to here. We confess our faith in Jesus' body and what he did for us on the cross. It was, he was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. And we remember this covenant he made with us of his love. The only thing it tells us in that scripture is we need to not take communion until we choose to follow Jesus. Because otherwise, if we haven't chosen to follow Jesus and we receive communion, we're going to eat and drink judgment on ourselves, and we don't want to do that. So I'm going to pray, give you a chance to choose to follow Jesus if you've yet to do so. Maybe today, and it's okay if you're not there yet. I'll just say that. For me, I sat in church for six months questioning how God could love me. I didn't understand how he could get past the hardness of my life. That's okay if you're there. But once you reach that point and you say, okay, today I choose to follow you, Jesus, then regularly we should remember the price God paid, the risk in sending his son to communicate his love for you. And that's what we're going to celebrate to mark 2018. So God, I thank you 
that we have an opportunity. You've given us your scripture. We can read from cover to cover and see stories and, and words that just say exactly what you mean, that you are for us, that you love us, that you love me, that you went to the cross for me. And God, I pray if there's someone in this room that's at that place where they're ready to say yes to Jesus, they're ready to choose to follow you as their Savior, invite you into their life as I did in June of 1993, and watch their world be transformed, their perspective of life come to a fresh beginning. If they want to make that choice today, I pray that they would pray this simple prayer with me and just and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I believe what we've heard today, that you died for me on a cross, that you rose three days later to give me life. And I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. For the rest of us in this room, Lord, we celebrate that. We celebrate people making a decision to follow Jesus week in and week out. But we celebrate, Lord, the challenge that is in our spirit right now of what we are to do with this love. And today we mark this moment of committing to be for others by remembering how much you are for us in receiving communion together. Remembering how much you are for us in, in your body, how much you are for us with your blood. That now no matter what comes against us, nothing ever will separate us from your love. And we remember that today as we celebrate and receive communion. In Jesus' name, amen.